With the economic headwinds of sticky inflation and persistently high interest rates, also an underwhelming Chinese rebound, what opportunities can investors look out for in the next few months? I'm Jeremy Maggs. This is No Ordinary Wednesday. It's an in-depth look at what's driving markets, shaping the economy and changing the game. To help us look at what the third quarter holds for investors, we're joined by Chris Holdsworth, Chief Investment Strategist at Investec Wealth and Investment. Chris is part of Investec's Global Investment Strategy Group that looks at opportunities and risks that lie ahead for investors and sets the company's risk appetite. Chris, a very warm welcome to No Ordinary Wednesday. So, Chris, we're well into the third quarter of the year, and the latest global investment view underlines this quarter as an uncertain one for investors. So maybe a good starting point is the global picture. The Fed and European Central Bank remain hawkish. They've not ruled out more interest rate hikes to try and rein in inflation, despite the material slowdown in growth. So here's the question. How far will the central banks go, and is the U.S. and the European Union facing a recession? Hi, Jeremy. To answer the second part of the question first, yes, we think both are facing recession. Europe is in recession already, and we think that's going to persist for some time. And we think there's a very high likelihood that the US goes into recession within the next few months. The announcement will be later. It always is. But we look at a range of indicators, and nearly all of them suggest that the US is about to enter a slowdown shortly. Now, to come back to the first part of your question, we think rates are probably already too high. In the US, if you look at the difference between interest rates and inflation, it's running at the highest level that we've seen in 15 years. That's very restrictive monetary policy. In an environment where inflation is coming down pretty rapidly and probably will be close to target within about nine months or so, and at the same time we're seeing these signs that growth is slowing. So we suspect that they've probably overdone it already, and that just contributes to the recessionary call. So For those reasons and a couple others, we're quite cautious when it comes to the outlook for developed market growth over the coming six to nine months or so. But having said that, uh, on the equities front, there's been some good news on returns for investors, despite some upsets. What, in your opinion, is driving this then? Yeah, that's a bit of an anomaly. In the sort of environment where you're seeing all the signs of economic weakness, you would expect much weaker equity market returns. And there have been a couple of idiosyncratic factors that have driven strong returns this time around. There's the AI theme that came about, and that contributed meaningfully to equity returns in the US. And we do also sense that there's now some degree of optimism. There's been some capitulation amongst market participants. It was widely expected that there was going to be a recession. And now we're seeing some big sell-side houses capitulate on their core and are now expecting growth to slow mildly. That's dangerous for us. We would expect the market to be weaker. We would like the market to be weaker for us to increase our allocation offshore. We are underweight offshore equities. We do not think that they're currently pricing in the risks as we see them. Chris, we have this entity called the Global Investment Strategy Group. It sets the risk budget for the company. Won't you just explain to me what this means and what the current risk score is sitting at and why we should be taking notice of this? Now, this is a committee that meets at least quarterly, more frequently when times are volatile. It's populated by investment professionals in our UK, Switzerland and SA office. And the purpose of this committee is to, as you say, come up with a view on risk. Should we be risk on or should we be risk off? And in order to come up with that view, they will take into consideration where we think the Fed is likely to go, what is the likelihood of a recession, what is valuation in the US market and a range of other factors. They have a score which ranges from minus three to plus three. 
if we're at minus three, that would be a very clear steer to be risk off. Think of a, a material overweight in cash and fixed income. And if the score was plus three, that would be saying we've got strong winds behind us. We should be increasing our risk allocation to the top end of our range. At the moment, the score is minus 0.5. So risk off, but not massively risk off. And the thinking there is we should be risk off given the recession and everything we just spoke about now. But we're also close to the point at which the Fed is likely to start cutting rates in our view. And that will mark the start of the next cycle. And we know that the beginning part of the cycle is typically the one that sees the strongest returns. So while we're expecting pretty weak returns over the next six to nine months or so, the outlook post that is actually quite good. So we don't want to be too clever and go minus three now and then switch to plus three later. What we've done instead is we're going to ride through the cycle, be at minus 0.5 now, and we'll be looking to increase our allocations probably just at the middle of that recession, just as it's hitting and it's worse. And markets, hopefully at that point or a bit cheaper, we'll be looking to increase our allocation to risk then. Inevitably, you're looking at China, its slow recovery. It does have the markets concerned. Are there any indications that this is going to change? Not immediately. And it is a bit of a worry. The Chinese data broadly has been disappointing. The one opportunity is inflation in China, which is very low. It's been just a bit above zero and now actually has just gone below zero. So there's ample space from a monetary policy perspective to provide stimulus. There's also a need. If you look at youth unemployment in China, it's currently running at above 20%. So given the opportunity and the need, we would expect to see some form of broad stimulus announcement within the next couple of months or so to try and spur growth in China. The difficulty that they have is that there is a broad slowdown across the globe, and China has typically benefited from its exports. And exports are down 12% year on year through no fault of China. It's through weaker demand everywhere else. So they've got to try and offset that. So we would expect to see some form of stimulus targeted at driving domestic demand up to offset weaker demand from the rest of the globe. And Chris, on the currency front, investors betting on a further weakening of the US dollar. What's your view? Yeah, up until quite recently, we were in the same camp. We've been penciling in dollar weakness now for a little while. We've shifted slightly in that view. Given our concerns around a recession, what we expect is that the dollar will remain relatively flat over this period where we expect global growth to slow. The dollar is typically a safe haven currency in an environment that the US does go into recession and there's a further slowdown in Europe. We would expect to see a flight to safety. That's why we risk off in equities. But at the same time, that would probably be quite helpful for the dollar. But that's likely to be short term. If you take a step back and look at the long term history, the dollar is still close to the strongest that it's been in the past 50 years. There's only two occasions previously where you look at an inflation-adjusted dollar and it's been as strong or stronger than it currently is now. But we still expect that the medium to long-term outlook for the dollar is weakness. But given our concerns around the short-term and this recession probability, we expect the dollar will hold its own for the next few months at least. Chris Holdsworth, we're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. Before we do that, I'd just like to remind you that a new episode of No Ordinary Wednesday drops every fortnight. Don't miss it. Subscribe to Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the channel, please take a moment to rate it. Chris, back to you then. We've looked at the global picture. So before we bring it home to South Africa, um, how is all that we have been discussing in the first half of this conversation impacting on emerging markets generally? 
Yeah, typically when global growth slows, emerging markets bear the brunt of that. Um, this time around, there might be a slight benefit for emerging markets. If you look at interest rates, typically it's been the case that the Fed moves first. Fed would hike and then emerging markets would hike afterwards, typically to defend their currencies. And if the Fed were to cut, emerging markets would cut after too. This time around has been a bit different. Um, when inflation started to pick up across the globe, emerging markets were much more proactive. They hiked first. And as a result of that, we're actually already at the point where some emerging markets are starting to cut. We've seen Chile cut, we've seen Brazil cut. We don't think a cut from South Africa is too far away either, by the way. The net result of that is we don't think emerging markets will be as cyclical as they have been before because they'll have the benefit of lower rates to spur domestic demand. So that's the first point. The second point is emerging markets are much cheaper than developed markets. The US is on a Ford PE of around 20. It's not cheap at all. So we do find value outside of the US more broadly, but in particular in emerging markets and South Africa. All right, Chris, let's talk SA Inc. if we can. In the Global Investment View report, you say it is your preferred sector locally. Tell us why this is the case, despite the seemingly insurmountable challenges that the country is facing. Yeah, we see some opportunity in SA Inc. shares locally, as you say, despite the, the global slowdown. And it's for two reasons. The first is we expect that inflation will be at 4.5% in South Africa by year end. Now, we are a bit more optimistic than consensus and the Saab, but we've got a model which has been running for some time, and we have some faith in that model, and that model suggests to us inflation will be middle of the bad. Now, if inflation is at 4.5%, it's not easy to have interest rates above 8 so we expect that we're going to see some material cuts in interest rates in South Africa, just like we've seen in other emerging markets over the coming 12 months. And that will provide some relief for consumers. The second point is, and it's very much SA specific, we see that load shedding will be less of an issue in 12 months time. We're not saying it's going away, but it's going to be less of an issue. If you look at the quantum of solar panels that's imported into South Africa, we can, through a model, translate that into the extra electricity production and based on our own estimates, the imports of solar panels alone are removing about one and a half stages of load shedding per annum, and that's accelerating. So we see the load shedding will be less of an issue in 12 months' time. That means diesel costs will be reduced for SA Inc. shares. So SA Inc. then faces two tailwinds over the coming 12 months. The first is consumers that will have more to spend. So we'd expect to see higher volumes for SA Inc. But secondly, margin expansion as diesel costs come down. All of that with a sector that's currently on a Ford PE of around nine or so, that tells us that there's opportunity. And given that we have a low risk allocation across the globe, we have to be quite careful where we are going to allocate risk. And we think this is one sector that's worth investing in or increasing allocation at this point. And just in conclusion, then, we've spoken about equities, but what about asset allocation in terms of bonds, cash, gold and property does the investor committee lend? Yeah, we still see opportunities in SA bonds. We know that there's likely to be fiscal issues. Government revenue is missing forecasts. Based on our estimate, total government revenue for this financial year will miss by about 50 billion rand. There are some forecasts out in the market that the miss will be larger at about 100 billion. And that's not good news for the fiscus, but we do think that there's sufficient margin of safety in our bonds to justify an overweight. And we're looking at yields for our 10-year bond yield that are regularly above 11% in an environment where we think inflation is going to be 4.5%. So we, we think that that's very attractive and we're willing to increase our allocation there. On property, we still think that there's some pretty sizable headwinds for property in SA and globally, stemming from working from home and the transition to online. As a result, we're quite cautious there, despite improving valuation, we're sitting about neutral. 
We do think that gold is, is attractive in this environment of elevated uncertainty. So we do have an overweight allocation there. And that all has to come from somewhere. So we're sitting with an underweight in cash in SA. More broadly, we're sitting with an underweight in offshore equities. And we're sitting at a slight overweight in offshore fixed income. Chris Holdsworth, as always, thank you for your time on this edition of No Ordinary Wednesday. Please join us again in a fortnight as we continue to explore money trends shaping your world. If you haven't yet added us to your podcast feed, search for Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts and hit that subscribe button. Until next time, goodbye from me, Jeremy Maggs, and the entire Focus Radio team. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Limited and subsidiaries, authorized financial service providers, registered credit providers, and long-term insurer.